You're listening to a Shockcast original. Shock. Hi everyone, I'm Elle Firdaus from Astro Radio News and here we are at the POV Podcast. Today's episode, we are focusing on the point of view of Dato Sri Nazir Raza. How are you, Dato? Good, Elle. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to have you with us. Okay, so Dato, I have to ask, Tun Abdul Raza, your father, me as a Malaysian, as many Malaysians, we grew up knowing him as a former prime minister, a visionary and the father of development. But what was it like growing up with Tun Abdul Raza as your father and everything he had already accomplished when you were in your youth? Well, it's difficult for me to answer that because he passed away when I was nine. Uh, so I don't really remember a lot. Um, but I've been lucky because I've had this opportunity to research into who he was, the leader he was, and I managed to speak to a lot of people, look at the archives, and I think from what I gather, he was a very loving father. There are a lot of photos of him at my birthday parties and so on. Despite being very busy, he did spend time with his children. I think he was demanding in terms of our schooling. I do remember him checking my report cards, and I think uh, he also had this ability of making you respect him without being garang, mm. you know, uh, and that uh, I remember. I must imagine that growing up, having the name Tun Abdul Raza as your father, would you say that you had a bit of a, a weight on your shoulders or an expectation growing up with this as your family name? Well, it's something to navigate. You can only play the hand that you're dealt. And when I look back, it's a brand. Two is, uh, I think, people always have first impressions of me. And when I meet them, it's about trying to read what their first impressions were because of what they thought of Tun Raza or what they thought of Najib Raza or whatever. Then trying to come across as the true person I am. Yeah, so my life has been about making second impressions. And of course, you know, it has its advantages. You know, sometimes it's easier to get through the door. But then it also has its expectations. Sometimes you walk in the room and people expect you to, you know, reach certain standards. Standards. And I wrote in my book recently that uh, when I first applied for a job in CIMB, I was rejected. Uh, many years later, the guy who rejected me, then he claimed it was because I didn't have an accounting degree, whatever. Then he admitted he only rejected me because he thought that, you know, someone with uh, my upbringing couldn't possibly work the kind of hours that would be demanded at CIMB. I see. So basically, your whole life has been sort of breaking people's expectations that come with your name. But how do you uphold and maintain the policies and the institutions that your father had built? Um, well, actually, you know, that's one of the big points I make in the book, which is that I think Malaysians, we do ourselves injustice by focusing too much on the institutions and the policies that Tun Raza instituted for that time, which is the 70s. Things like the new economic policy, the setting up of FELDA, Bank Pembangunan, etc. Those are all necessary at that time. We dial forwards to today, 50 years later, I think, you know, we would do better if we spend more time on Tun Razak's values, his methods, his principles. Uh, that's what's more relevant and durable for today. And the big point I make in the book, so far as uh, section one about Tun Razak's legacy, is that if you really understood Tun Razak's values and methods and principles, you would probably think that he would want us to kind of recalibrate many of the things that he did for the 70s because they're no longer relevant for today. Mm. So, 
if you could turn back time, would you change any course of action in your family? Or did this entire journey give you a bit of a deeper meaning in life? Well, I don't think of things that way. History takes its course and you accept it. I think, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly, that's just the course that took place. And writing the book is about digesting the lessons from the past, sharing what I did, how I responded to different scenarios, reflecting on whether it was a good move and hoping that future generations read it and say, oh, okay, I learned that from Nazir's past. You had mentioned your new book, What's in a Name? And in the book, it said that your father had left a dual legacy and that these two legacies need to be seen together. Both supported and reinforced one another, but can also be at odds. Can you elaborate this in today's context? Yeah, because I think that, you know, as I said earlier, those policies worked well for Malaysia, especially in the first 20 years. But those policies also had some side effects that I think kind of gained momentum over time. And that's why I mean that, uh, you know, we need to relook or reset the nation because those uh, no longer work. I give you an example. He put in place the new economic policy, affirmative action. And they worked well for the first 20 years. The policy was meant to be only for 20 years. Unfortunately, it remains with us today. And if you look at the new economic policy, it had many side effects like hardening of identity or communal identity. It gave rise to more incidences of corruption, I think, uh, because it mobilised the government in business a lot. It also gave rise to concentration of power in the office of the Prime Minister because it allowed Many decisions were made uh, centrally. So uh, these were side effects. And I think if you take them together, the side effects are dominating today. And I think we need to relook at this whole policy, how it's implemented and making it more current and effective for Malaysia today. As you mentioned, so the policies, they were meant for only like 20 years, but it's still here today. How hard do you think it will be for Malaysia to sort of pave a new way? you know, in terms of our policies and the institutions left behind in the past. Your thoughts? It is very hard because it's proven to be very hard. Abdullah Badawi, Najib, Mahathir 2.0, all began as reformists. You know, in the case of Najib, he even came up with the new economic model, which was to transform a new economic policy into a needs-based affirmative action program which was very different to what NEP was. But all three actually ended up changing very little. All three administrations changing very little because there was resistance from vested interests, very powerful vested interests. And, you know, that's why I say it's going to be very difficult, but I don't think it's impossible. And that's why my book is in part also an opportunity to articulate the case for a national reset, uh, which is what I think we need now. So just an added question in your book, it's going to be talking about, as you said, being part of the economic reset and everything like this. Will your readers be reading basically an economic textbook? Is that something that they might be expecting? Well, if I was going to write an economic textbook, I wouldn't be here. Mm. That's true. (laughs) I think, you know, one of the things I was very clear on is that there's no point writing something that people won't read. And I worked very hard on making it readable. And I hope I've succeeded from the people who reviewed the book. Many of them said they were surprised at how readable it is when it goes into economic, political history of Malaysia and yet quite readable. And that's a wrap on Datuk Sri Nazir Razak's Point of View. Once again, I'm Al Firdaus. Catch you next time on the next POV Podcast.